this again. One, two, three, four! I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. And welcome to the Adamant Deep Dive edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts. The history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. We're spending the episode talking all things Adamant, both with and without his buddies, the Ants. Now, Adamant had a much larger impact um, in the UK and Europe on the trajectory of new wave and pop, uh, much more so than he had here in the U.S., and for us Yanks, um, if we liked what he was doing, we really kind of had to actively seek out his music. I don't know about you, but for me, there was really, other than the one big hit, um, he really wasn't spoon-fed to us that much here in the U.S. So I am hoping we can help a lot of our U.S. audience to discover some really cool music. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. We have an awesome guest to introduce, but first, let's kick things off with an early non-album cut by Adam and the Ants. This is a song called Beat My Guest. Now, Joseph, you mentioned that it's uh, that that we didn't get a lot of Adam and the Ants here, and I I kind I will agree with you there, but I kind of remember uh, you know as I was growing up hearing like two or three Adam and the Ants hits, uh, especially on some of the some of the music video television that I used to watch. So Adam and the Ants or Adam Ant? Well. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it must have been Adam Ant, but uh-huh. but there was there was some early you know some earlier stuff floating around too. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I of course grew up in the middle of nowhere, didn't have a TV, didn't have electricity, um, never watched MTV. So the only if it wasn't like top forty radio, uh, then. I never heard it. So yeah. Yeah. as a kid on the radio, the only song I ever remember hearing was um, uh, Goody Two Shoes. Yeah. So yeah. we have an awesome guest, Rob. Yeah. Really excited about this. Who do we have? We have uh, Carolyn Ketty. Welcome, Carolyn. Hello. Nice to be here. So, Carolyn, you are joining us today to talk about Adamant, and you're not just some rando that we ran into in the street. Um, you are a longtime uh, 
uh, DJ in the Bay Area. Um, you've been doing a, a a show, a weekly show, focusing on punk for 30 years. Yes, correct. So tell us about that. How would... What what kind of music? I mean, the the word punk is is pretty all encompassing. How it, let's narrow it down a little bit. Let's give people a, a, a an idea of the flavor of your show. Well, I pretty much like punk and I like garage music. Mm-hmm. So I like them when they're together. Garage punk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like everything from the '60s all the way up to 2022. That's right. So um, I uh, enjoy your show. I I catch it from time to time. And, um, you know, for somebody who hosts a show called Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, um, you really... You really put us to shame in the deep cuts department. <laughs> uh, the last episode that I listened to, um, three-hour show, and I think I recognized the Black Flag song in there, and that was it. I couldn't have named any of the other bands on my own. So you, you really, not a lot of, like, top 40 stuff on your show, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I'd ask you though, did you like some of the stuff that you heard? Oh, well, of course, of course. Okay. And so you, yeah, so so you have like a lot of, uh, you know, stuff from the, from the 70s and 80s, which is what we kind of focus on, but you also have a lot of like brand new stuff just being released. And quite often, I can't tell the difference, like, I couldn't guess when it was released. Right. Well, that that just shows you that there's a lot of great new bands out there for everyone to discover. That's right. Um, being a music fanatic, I would say that, you know, I love the old stuff, stuff that I've been listening to since I was a child, but it does, you know, sometimes you've heard it too many times, so you want to hear something new. That's and right. And it's great that there's a lot of new and exciting bands out there to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Rob, you've uh you've caught her show in the past. I know we've we've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh in fact, I'm I'm looking forward to uh to to tuning into the the to tuning in again. I was just talking about it earlier. I'm like, "Oh, I'm actually off work and I can I can tune in." Um but I guess we should tell people how to find her show, huh? Um, yeah, that's right. So if you are fortunate enough to live in the Bay Area and um, and you think of it on Tuesday at noon, you can actually tune into her live on um, KXSF. What is the what's the where is it on the dial? It is 102.5. So it's San Francisco Community Radio based in San Francisco. Um, mostly it's San Francisco Bay Area gets it on the 102.5, but everyone in the world can tune in to kxsf.fm and we stream um, live and yeah, tune in at noon on Tuesdays and you will we'll find me. Yeah. 
Well, and the the good news is that each one of your episodes is um, uh, saved as a uh, podcast episode. And so we will um, be sure to include a link in the show description where you can go and check out the archive of um, her show. Towards the end, we'll circle back and talk a little bit more about your experience uh, over the last 30 years playing um, all different types of punk um, there to uh, the Bay Bay Area audience. But we, of course, are here first and foremost to talk about Adam Ant. Now, I was introduced to you by a mutual friend who heard about our podcast and went, oh, you know who you have to have on our show. And so I went and checked your show out and went, yeah, you're right. We absolutely have to have her on. So I, we sent you an email with a whole list of of ideas for what you, you know, what we can talk about, including a, a number of, you know, artists that we were going to do deep dives on. I was really surprised when you said, Adam Ant, I want to do Adam Ant, because listening to your show, I never would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> so tell us about that. What is it, what is it about Adam Ant? Um, what, what is your relationship with Adam Ant's music? Um, well, I discovered Adam Ant, I will say, probably the first punk band, if you want to, you know, with the loose term that mm-hmm. I really loved. Mm-hmm. So I first was introduced to Adam, Adam and the ants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you were saying in your intro that you wouldn't find their music, but I saw a concert on TV, uh-huh. Kings yeah. of the wild frontier concert. And I was like, who is this band? I love it. And I went out and bought the album. I'm not sure how I, I, I grew up in right outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was on TV, but mm-hmm. it was. And there you go. Loved yeah. the music. I loved the style. Loved Adam. And yes, became a fan from there. Excellent. Well, um, I am really excited to um, go through his catalog with you. Um, it's it's going to be a wild ride indeed. Uh, we got a little Adam Ant 101 um, to get to. Rob, any last questions or comments about Carolyn's show? Uh, not about the show, but I have to say that when we sent her that original email, um, I remember sending her the email saying, hey, would you like to to jump in and be guest uh, a guest on this show? And she's like, nope, I don't like that guy. I do like Adam and the Ants, so. though. <laughs> Adam and Ant, I'll do, but not that one. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but she's like, yeah, I don't, I do. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I do. It was, yeah. uh, it was your, your, uh, one of your favorites, Rob, uh, oh. Patty Smith. Of course, of course, yeah. that's right. It was Patty Smith. Yeah. <laughs> in, in any case, um, let's talk a little Adam Ant 101. Um, Carolyn, feel free to jump in um, if you have any additional insight. Adam Ant is actually Stuart Leslie Goddard. I guess that's how it's uh, how it's pronounced. Um, he started out playing bass in a band called Bazooka Joe, which 
uh, is most famous other than being the band that Adamant started out in, most famous for the fact that the Sex Pistols' very first live show uh, was supporting Bazooka Joe. Um, And... Adamant was 25 when the first Adam and the Ants album was released. Uh, the we typically we talk about the band members, but um, they're really it it's, it changes from album to album. Uh, Adamant is the only constant. Um, and I would say, actually, pretty much every album has a very different lineup. Uh, the only constant after the first album is um, Marco. Can somebody help me with the pronunciation of this name? P- Peroni. I think it's Peroni. Yeah. Peroni. That that sounds right. Marco Peroni. Which can can we all agree he's like the not so secret weapon of of Adam Ant's success. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he is he is um, a, uh, an extraordinary musician and songwriter, yeah. and he was not on the first Adam and the Ants album, and he was on the second one, and uh, I think. There, that is a big reason why the second one I love and the first one I'm kind of eh about. It's a whole different sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these are the top five Adam Ant slash Adam and the Ant songs uh, here in the U.S. So no surprises. The number one streamed um, Adam Ant song is Goody Two Shoes. Then Ant Music, then Prince Charming, Wonderful, and Strip. Quite a surprise. Um, not, you know, I I thought it would be, I thought Puss in Boots would be up there. I, I thought maybe a couple more songs from um, Kings of the Wild Frontier. So, okay, any... Any little interesting trivia either of you want to mention about Adam and the Ants? Adam Ant that kind of fits in the 101 category? You mentioned the first album being different where Marco was not on it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, or the fun story about that is that Adam asked um, Malcolm McLaren, the Sex Pistols manager, to manage his band, and instead he stole his band. And they became Bow Wow Wow. That's yeah. right. That's right. But on the plus side, um, that made Adam more um, determined to become a huge star. And then we got what I consider the better, ver- or, you know, the more preferable to me version of Adam and the Ants with Kings of the Wild Frontier and Very. Prince Charming. Yep. Very well. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I, I think we're all on board on that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so thank you, Malcolm McLaren. For thank you, Malcolm. Being a, be, being a jerk, but yeah. it worked out right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we ready to talk uh, rankings? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So, so Carolyn, we, um, uh, Rob and I always do a little personal rankings of the albums. You're more than welcome to join us if you want. I you, do. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, 
Rob, you want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. We're going to start with number 10. Um, uh, right, we're covering 10 albums. Yeah, we're going to start yep. with number 10. My number 10 is Manners and Physique from 1990. Number 9 is Persuasion from 91. Number 8 is Viva Le Rock from 1985. Number 7, Wonderful from 1995. Number 6 is Adam Ant is the Blue Black Hussar. Um, good grief, that is a, a long title, and I have managed to lose half of it. Um, <laughs> um, at number six, that was an album from 2013, and, and to be honest, I was really surprised to hear it. Um, number five is Dirk Wears White Socks. Number four is Strip. Number three is Friend or Foe. Number two is Prince Charming, and number one is King of of Wild Front, Kings of Wild Frontier. Fantastic album. Yes, yeah. I, 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 my suspicion is that all three of our lists are going to be very, very similar. So, Carolyn, are you? Do you want to do the honors next? Sure. I get number ten as Persuasion. Number nine, Wonderful. Number eight, Manners and Physique. Number seven, Adamant is the Blue Black Hussar in Marrying the Gunner's Daughter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, Viva La Rock. Number five, Strip. Four, Dirk Wears White Socks. Number three, Friend or Foe. Two, Kings of the Wild Frontier. And number one, Prince Charming. Nice. Whoa, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent. Okay, so um, this is going to all sound very familiar to everybody. Uh, my list, very, very similar. So number 10 is the album Manners and Physique. Number oh. 9 is Wonderful. Number 8 is Persuasion. Number 7 is Adam Ant is the... Blue, black, blah, 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 blah. Number six is Viva La Rock. Number five is Strip. Number four, Dirk Wears White Socks. Number three, Friend or Foe. Number two, Prince Charming. And number one, Kings of the Wild Frontier. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we are we are more or less um, right you know, kind of simpatico as far as our, our tastes go. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot, but I, you know, the, with the B-52s episode, um, there was general consensus and uh, now with the adamant. Okay, I think we're ready to just jump into it. We're going to start talking albums and listen to some music. Um, I'm very excited about it. So starting at the beginning, we, um, in 1979, Adam and the Ants releases their debut album, an album called Dirk Wears White Socks. We spent a fair amount of time talking about this album um, a couple of episodes ago, at which time we listened to the songs Catholic Day and Never Trust a Man with Egg on His Face. And uh, I think, Rob, you and I are were kind of on the same page as far as our reaction was. 
that it was kind of a an interesting but troubled album. Yeah, yeah. Now, I I will say this. I've listened to this album God, probably now eight times since uh, we first started dipping into it with the last episode included. And I, I like it a little bit more every time I hear it. It's just not what I what I want out of Adam Adam Ant or even Adam and the Ants. Um, but as far as it being troubled, it sounds a little darker. It sounds a little, I don't know. I don't know if aggressive is the right word for it, but it sounds kind of, yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's rowdier, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it, I, I, I want to add that this album actually, for me at one point was, way down the list and it continued to climb, you know, to, to number five. So, um, and it may, it may even end up as a number four at some point, just because I, I kind of like that darkness and I kind of like that rowdiness and that, that mm-hmm. aggression. Um, and it's, it, it, again, we talked about McLaren and how he stole the band. It's a different sound, um, which was new to me. And so it, I, I don't know, I, I am digging it, but yeah. I, I will agree that it does it does have its issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Carolyn, what's what's your relationship with this album? Did you, um, uh, once you fell in love with Kings of the Wild Frontier, did you rush right out and and get the first album? No, you couldn't, or at least I could not find this album uh-huh. at the time. I didn't even know it existed. You know, back in the old days when you didn't know these things. Yeah. So. Um, I didn't find this album until after Friend or Foe. Uh-huh. Um, I do like that it now, because uh, a lot of the music I like now is really raw. Yeah. And it's very—it's definitely very raw. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, we've got one more song to hear off of this album. This was the... Um, a song that you picked, Carolyn. Tell us about The Day I Met God. Well, I assume it's about meeting David Bowie. I, or that's how I've always pictured it. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe it's actually about God, but <laughs> in my mind, it's one and the same. Carolyn, uh, we, when Rob and I were discussing this album a couple of episodes ago, my my main criticism about uh, most of the songs on this album was that they felt kind of Frankenstein together Mm -hmm. in the sense that um, there were interesting parts in one song. There were some interesting parts that didn't quite feel like they fit together very well. 
Um, I think this is a, a pretty good example of that. Um, and, you know, it just occurred to me now that this was before Adam Ant started writing songs with Marco. And, um, you know, the difference between the approach to the songwriting on this album and the next album, Kings of the Wild Frontier, which is which is pretty fluid poppy. Um, I don't know how much of that to attribute to Marco, but must have played a, a pretty significant role in in that transition, I imagine. I would say definitely. Yeah. yeah especially because then they obviously worked together for throughout the whole career. They found a good partnership yeah and i think with dirk wears white socks they were just or adam was just trying to figure out what he wanted to do musically maybe the ants that he had weren't um you know living up to that or they weren't cohesing um yet yeah okay let's move on to uh 1980 um with the release Kings of the Wild Frontier. This, of course, was the the album that changed everything for Adamant. Um, became uh, really a phenomenon there in the UK and uh, other various parts of uh, Europe. Not apparently, Carolyn saw them on TV here in the United States, which which surprised. I'm surprised to hear, but I was, I, I just didn't, didn't have the impact here in the U.S. that it had over um, in, uh, across the pond, of course. I love this album. I have um, always loved it. I think it's a near perfect pop album. Yeah. You know, um, you were talking about, talking about uh, Carolyn seeing them on television. And I had read that this album kind of kicked off a huge tour. Uh, not only a tour, but yeah, he, they were putting Adam and, the Ant, Adam and the Ants all over television, all in the magazines. And I, I think the idea was that they wanted to, they wanted to take over the world or at least saturate the world with, with Adam and the Ants, which, uh, you know, is a, is a great thing. And to do it with this album, what a, what a big deal. Cause I think you're right, Joseph, it's nearly perfect. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, not even close to the first Adam ant album I had. I think, I think I had his first three or four solo albums before I even realized that he was in a band, uh, before that called Adam, in the ants. Uh, and then I came across this, this album and this was like, I don't know, 85, 86. Um, and just, just absolutely fell in love. This is, this is one of my really, one of my all time favorite new wave albums. So the, uh, the big hits off of this album, where it was the title track called Kings of the Wild Frontier. Dog Eat Dog and Ant Music. And Ant Music is the song that you singled out, Carolyn, to um to uh feature tonight 
off of this album. So let's let's talk about Ant Music. Just a huge hit for him in the in the UK. Yeah, and it's a great anthemic song. Like, unplug yeah. the jukebox, do yourself a favor. That's right. I mean, it was pretty much when I discovered Adam and the Ants, no one I knew liked them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, forget all of you. Your terrible taste in music. <laughs> I know. I know what's good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's I what kinda, he's saying. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of had that same attitude. Like, no, he's right. Listen to this. You need to listen to it. I heard this song on the radio, I, I think years after it came out. Um, I lived in, I was living in LA at the time. And um, I remember kind of being taken in the same way that, that the song is kind of drumming up some kind of, some kind of emotional response and going back and doing my research. It's like Adam, Adam Ant was like the Pied Piper of, uh, of pop music at the time, you know, <laughs> trying to draw people away from, uh, you know, I don't know if he's trying to draw them away from disco, but he's basically saying, look, you need to get away from that garbage and listen to the good stuff here. I think that's pretty cool. A comment about uh, your pick, Rob. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as, as our listeners probably know, you know, when we prepare for a show like this, um, the, every everybody who who is participating sends in their list of uh, their pick. They each pick a song off of each album, and uh, because there's three of us, and we only ever feature we never feature more than two songs off of each album. And I knew. Oh, and when they send their picks to me. They always list them in order as far as the songs that are most important to them to least important. Quite often, it kind of like all balances out. But I knew that all three of us are like top three or four songs were going to be off of the exact same albums. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of resigned myself to like, well, I'm not going to be able to listen to my picks for the my three or four favorite albums which was not that big of a deal because eventually we'll get to them in our regular rundown episodes. Sure. But sure. Rob, your, your picks, the songs that you picked off of my three favorite albums are exactly the same as the nah. songs I, I wanted to pick. So thank you so much. Yeah. So we well, all get to talk about our favorite songs off of, the, <laughs> off of these albums. Nice. Well, I think that definitely speaks to the music. You know, I think, I mean, we pretty much lined up on our favorite albums, or at least the rankings of our, you know, of the albums. Um, 
not exactly necessarily, but close. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, again, we're talking about how this is just an amazing album and it, I think it's pretty obvious that it's an amazing album and it's pretty obvious what the, what the strong points of the album are, what what the strong songs are. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So what is the song that you picked that I wanted to pick as well? So, so I picked, I picked Ant's Invasion and I think I know what it is about this song that, that appeals to you quite a bit. Okay. Okay. And and I'm just going to say that I, before we play the song, I'm going to say that I think it's probably that guitar intro. Well, I mean, it's just a cool, dark song. You know, when I, when I first discovered this, this album, I was in high school and I had a, a couple of older, much cooler friends. We weren't really friends, but we, we connected because we had the same sort of like uh, a taste when it came to punk and new wave, but they were much cooler than me and, and liked like more like hardcore stuff. And so they kind of like thumbed their nose up at, at Adam and the ants. But even <laughs> those guys had to admit that ants invasion was a killer song. I mean, yeah, it, it is, good. It's it's always been one of my very, very favorite um, Adamant songs. I really like the lyrics of this song. I actually like where he's kind of telling the time and relaying the bad decision that he, you know, relaying that he's made a bad decision. I like that repetitiveness in it. I also like the drums and the bass. And to me, it's, it's almost like a ritualistic uh, droning sound. And, and I think that's kind of where the cool darkness comes from, at least for me uh, that you mentioned earlier, but yeah, this, this and ant music were my very two favorite songs on the album. Well, you know, it's 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 funny. The, these two songs are. It's like Ant Music is kind of the poppiest, and mm-hmm. Ant's Invasion is probably the least poppy of of the the songs on this album. So, kind of a nice little bookend there. It is, yeah, yeah. Moving on to 1981's release, the last Adam and the Ants album, um, an album called Prince Charming. Uh, you caught me by surprise, Caroline, uh, listing this as your your favorite um, Adam Ant album. I did not see that coming. All right, good. Glad to keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did buy this album when it came out. 
and I listen to it nonstop. I still own that copy, and I can sing you every song off of this. So yes, wow. I, would, I had to <laughs> had to just say this was my favorite album because it is. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> well, I I have always um, said that. Adam Ant, um, this is, of course, just my own personal opinion. Adam Ant released one and a half brilliant albums, and the one is Kings of the Wild Frontier, and half is Prince Charming. Um, <laughs> the highs are so high. I mean, the the highs on this album, I like even more than the highs off of the last album, but there are some pretty i mean this is this is a really uneven album to me there are some low points i i know that okay so the um the three uh, hits off of this album were stand and deliver prince charming and ant rap (laughs) (laughs) my hatred for for that song is is whole and complete and maybe carolyn you can you can shed some light on like what what just tell me what (laughs) i will say yeah and listening to it in 2022 yeah it's like come on adamant's gonna rap but (laughs) in 1981 you know rap wasn't as huge as it is now so if you heard it then, it didn't sound weird, oh, you know, or it was kind, it was a cool song. Hey, if Blondie could do it, why not? Yeah, and it was very, it was very uh, part of their whole like we are a gang of people. Oh yeah, you know, we are here. We all are. Marco, Merrick, Terry Lee, Gary Tibbs, and yours truly. I mean, I just I, I, I told you I know the whole album, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know everyone that was in the band because of that song. But yes, of course, looking at it with historical perspective, yeah. Should Adamant have been rapping? Probably not, but... I mean, I just... I just feel embarrassed for him every time I listen to it. I... I, I, It's like... I I don't... Anyways. (laughs) I think think he owned it and I think he enjoyed it. I really really think he had a good time with this album. You know, every bit of it. Well, I I gotta tell you the the first three songs are like perfection. I mean, I, I the if 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 he he had managed to like just keep that through the whole album, this would be astonishing. Um, but it's like um, it really feels kind of hit or miss to me. Uh, I, I really really uneven. But man, the music, even even the music in Ant Rap is pretty good. Um, I, I just I feel like the the songwriting is a lot spottier than on on Kings Kings of the Wild Frontier. But um, but boy, those first three songs, so good. So uh, let's talk about the song that you picked, Carolyn, off of this album. Um, stand and deliver and again i it'll go into my whole theme of adamant and me and the punks against the world so yes yeah 
stand and deliver. some point, uh, of course, totally subjective, at at some point in Adam Ant's career, his, like, yip-yip-yippies and wang-dang doodles stop working. <laughs> and so we will, we will try and identify that, like, moment where it almost becomes, like, self-parody. <laughs> but, but right now, I mean, one of the reasons why... I really gravitated to the these two albums was the fact that, uh, you know, he was really good at using the human voice as an instrument, oh, you know, yes. as part yeah. of the arrangement uh, and really pulling that off. You know, he's just like absolutely bang on at this stage in his career at, at doing that um, kind of kind of one of his trademarks. Mm -hmm. uh, the second song we're going to feature is um, my very, very favorite Adam and the Ants or Adam Ant period song, a song called Scorpio. Nice. This is the song that kicks off um, Prince Charming. And I, Rob, I don't know that you know about this. Um, I have a... And it doesn't really it hasn't come up that much because it's not much of a thing in punk and early like new wave. I have a real weakness for horns, for brass sections and stuff. Do you know that mm -hmm. about me? I, just, I think I I think I did know that about you. Oh yeah. yeah. And this is this is just uh, this. I am in heaven with this song because. Um, and once again, I am going to attribute most of the brilliance of this song to Marco. This really feels like it's got his fingerprints all over it. I, I think he did a lot of the arrangement. Um, and it is, this is, this is my happy place. Um, this kind of, uh, he is... Everything is working exactly right. The, the theatrics, the vocals, the pop, the, the, uh, all of the um, very elaborate, um, very flamboyant arrangements. Like the color 
I'll say the thing I like about Prince Charming is this is when Adamant was going to change his persona like every album, which some people might not like, but it was definitely that Bowie type thing um, mm. to, you know, so in Prince Charming, now he's the prince. He was the uh, uh, pirate in the last one. Um, I enjoyed that. I like his... Uh, the different personas of Adamant. Now, so so let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, when I was consuming this music, I was doing it in a vacuum, right? So I, I just had, I had no sense of like what his persona was other than what I heard on the actual recordings. So I assume that you're talking um, mostly about his, his public persona as far as... Um, videos and performances and the way that he dressed in publicity photos or I guess I would be talking about the album cover oh okay all right (laughs) (laughs) because yeah like I I don't know if there was a lot of press for Adam and the Ants here but Mm -hmm. definitely when you look at the album covers it's a new a new look Mm -hmm. and you're and you look at the back and everyone yeah yeah and in those days, you would just listen to the record and sit there and look at the record cover and read it. And... That's right. <laughs> and absorb everything off of it. So that is um, the last Adam and the Ants. Um, so at this point, Adam Ant goes solo. I, I don't think it has like meant much real world implication because pretty much it was a different band for every album anyways. Uh, he he kept working with Marco. I think after the first Adam and the Ants album, Marco was on every single album that Adam Ant did. Um, anybody want to correct me? I'm I'm pretty sure that's no, true. He is, yeah. 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 He's even on the the latest one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Friend or Foe was released in 1982. So, right now he he is just a machine. He's he's releasing an album every year. Um and Friend or Foe was his big breakthrough here in the United States. Goody Two Shoes was the first I ever heard of Adam and the Ants because he got on to the top 40 countdown. Um, and boy, it, it is one of the most like persistent, ultimate earworms, this song, yeah. right? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's right up there with like Stacy's mom and my Sharona and the wheels on the bus go round and round. I mean, geez. I we we went out on that song last episode and after editing that episode it's like it was in my head nonstop for like days. It's just just like insanely catchy song. So the um obviously that was the big hit off of this album and then um friend or foe was a moderate hit as well and this was the first adam ant album i ever had um because of goody two shoes nice 
You know, I um, Goody Two Shoes is probably my favorite song on the album, and mm. it it's you're right about the earworm. It is like I said, there were three songs that I remember. Goody Two Shoes is one of them, and uh, I mean, even now, if I haven't heard that song in over ten years, even now, it's just it, thinking about it a little bit, and it's it's stuck in my head, and, and I'm singing it all day. So I also think, though, that a lot of songs on this album do that same thing. There's, there's a small handful of songs that that get get themselves lodged in my brain. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'll agree with both of you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Goody Two Shoes is a great song. No matter no matter how many millions of times you hear it, yep. it's still great. Yeah, yeah. Um. So this is my favorite of his solo albums um pretty good don't like it nearly as much as the the um last two adam and the ants albums um but a lot of horns a lot of brass so i like that uh, about this album that's that's probably my favorite part of this album um must be mentioned a pretty um tragic cover of hello i love you (sighs) (laughs) yeah it was it was another english thing like the bands love to cover the doors i don't know yeah echo and the bunny men did hello or not uh people are strange yeah yeah so which i actually like their cover of that song (laughs) oh yeah i love it yeah yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) The, uh, Hello, I love you. Or you, no, Echo and the Buddy Men. Oh People yeah, yeah. Are People no, are strange. Yeah. I, I, I actually agree with you. I, I, I think that's a pretty good version. This is not. <laughs> not at all. Uh, kind of the low point of the album for me. But, it, but, but otherwise, a pretty good album. Um, so Carolyn, you're you picked the title track. I did. And then I, I've noticed since we've been talking, yes, it's again the whole uh, me against the world thing, but mm. friend or foe, you know, uh, I want people to like me or hate me. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, I'm beginning to see a persona in Carolyn form. You know? <laughs> I know. I'm, as we're talking, I'm like, oh, this is telling a lot more about me than I want anyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> This album has three great singles, and each of them, to me, are, are great songs. Friend of Foe is 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 one of my favorite Adam Ant songs, um, and I I never really 
thought of myself as being somebody who's against the world or a rebel or, you know, um, much like yourself, Carolyn. I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not like that, but, but it, it's amazing. It, it is a great song, a uh, great song. And I think it, it kind of builds on Adam's persona. You know, I think he really worked at kind of framing himself up as, a, as, as a character. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. Good choice. So Rob, the, the third song that you picked, which is also my favorite song off of the album, uh, is a, a song called De- Desperate But Not Serious. Once mm-hmm. again, all about the horns. Yeah. Love the horns in this song. If I ask you difficult questions If I make him proper suggestions you find that a risk to your health and would you put me upon the bookshelf with the books and the plants desperate but not serious your kisses Let's move on to uh, the next year, 1983. Like clockwork, Adam Ant releases another album. This one is called Strip. And this is this is where I kind of start to check out. Um, from from here on out, I, I, I don't think there's a bad Adam Ant album. Um, but from here on out, I... I don't know that there there's a real like personal connection. I can't v- get very excited about these albums, but um you know they're pretty good. Um this album called Strip had a couple of moderate sized hits. The biggest one was Puss in Boots and then also the title track so let's listen to the 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 big hit off of this album, a song called Puss in Boots. Pussy cat's going to London, looking for love for fame. I wish somebody told her, city folks ain't the same. Pussy cat has a postcard, I want the big city be nice. That's the place with the action, gonna have her Yeah, well, I still I still say that this is my favorite song off the album. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's 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 a fun song. Um, it it is one that you know when I was doing MWR Music World Radio, we would I would play uh, by request. People would request it constantly, and uh, so it got played a lot. Um, but it's this is a song that continues to play from time to time in my house now. So, and it's one that he still performs live. 
Yeah, yeah. sweet. <laughs> That's great. Well, Adamant finally takes a year off. So 1984 doesn't release uh, a full-length album, at least. And then in 85, he releases Viva Le Rock. Um, at this point, I was I was up to... At, at this point, I was actually consuming him in real time. So I think I got this album when it first came out. And I remember liking it uh, because I was young and didn't know any better, I guess. Um, and I still, because of that, I, I have some uh, fond memories and feelings about this album. But what strike struck me uh, going back to it, so this is preparing for, for the show, I went back and listened to this album for the first time in maybe 20 years. Um, somehow he sounds, simultaneously he sounds like a little desperate and also completely checked out at the same time. So it, it, it sounds like he's kind of like chasing the trends, trying to sound relevant. You've got that awful like 1985 overly produced sound that kind of like helped kill New Wave. Well, obviously, this is my, you know, it's my number eight out of 10 albums. Uh -huh. uh, so yeah. it's, it's definitely not high on my list. I did enjoy the album. I've got, you know, probably five or six songs on the album that I really, I really dig. Um, but to me, there were some songs in there that really felt like, like they were trying to be like an 80s, just like an 80s rock mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, and and it, again, it was that, uh, in a way, overproduced kind of sound, like you'd mentioned it. it um, I don't know. It, I guess, I guess, with the changing tide and the changing personas, this again is a whole different, a whole different can, a whole different bag. But to me, it's it's just not exactly what I what I like out of out of Adamant. Well, since you guys are mentioning the produce the production on it, you should mention that Tony Visconti, who's oh, of course <laughs> most infamous for producing David Bowie throughout pretty much his whole career, yeah. produced this record. That is right. And yeah, and when this came out, I did not like it at all. Uh huh. Um, but listening to it now, with perspective or maybe being older, I guess I appreciate it more. I think nice. it, it doesn't sound as bad as I remembered it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did see this tour, loved it, but you know that's seeing seeing them live. I just is better than the albums. Yeah. So. So the song we're going to feature off of this was, um, I don't think it was a real big hit, but it was um, the uh, first single from, actually, I think it was released as a single like a year before the actual album was released um, and did okay. And that is a song called Apollo 9. Just it up, 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 just it up
I thought this was a fun song. Again, it's it's adamant to me trying to have a lot of fun and doing doing what he does best. You know, he he just he seems to really enjoy himself. Um, you know, it ha- this happens to be one of the one of the five or six songs that I really like. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, jump ahead to 1990. Where uh, he re- uh, Adam Ant releases um, manners and physique, Rob. I think this is this. You and I um, rated this our least favorite of his albums. Is is, yeah. is that correct? Uh yeah. So yeah. there was a a fairly sizable hit here in the United States off of this album uh, with a song called "Room at the Top," which. I don't remember. Um, I don't think I remember, but it was, um, I think it came close to hitting the top 40 here in the U.S. Yeah. Well, in 1990, I definitely wasn't looking at the uh, charts. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio or anything either. So at, at this point in 1990, were you excited that Adamant was releasing a new album? Or like me, had you just kind of like checked out and written them off? I, I had pretty much checked out yeah. by this point. Yeah. But I was surprised that I did buy the album. So I have the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, nice. When I was pulling out all my albums, I'm like, oh, I did buy that album. Okay, so I guess I hadn't completely checked out. I'll just say about Young, Dumb, and Full of It, I thought that was the one song that he was kind of poking fun at himself, too. <laughs> like, Another, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 10 years later now, and yeah, I, but it seems like he's kind of recommending for other people, yeah, just be young, dumb, and full of it, you know, nice. whatever. That's how you go through, yeah, go through the music biz. So let's move on to the next album, uh, 1991. This was actually, I mean, it's kind of an album. It was never officially released it um it started floating around as a bootleg if you go um to youtube you can find uh, the whole album uh but you can't it's not on it's the one adamant album not available on spotify because it was never officially released it's a little unclear what the story was behind behind that i kind of like this a little bit better than the other albums released at this time because it just feels like the songwriting is uh just a like one step up from the other albums i um I, I thought there was some pretty good songwriting on this album. Well, I think it's a more I think it's a more mature album. So let's listen to uh, your pick off of this album, Rob. What's uh, is this your is this your favorite song off the album? Would Would you pick uh, for this album? I pick Brain Candy, and uh, it 
it is my favorite song and I for I cannot even tell you why <laughs> um, I'm not crazy about the album on a whole um, but but I ended up having a really good time with this song when So this is the one Adamant album I never heard of until this podcast. Oh. So I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, it didn't get released, but um, listening to it, not, it, it was my number 10 pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but as I listened to it a little bit more, I kind of, you know, I started enjoying some of it. It's kind of goofy. Um, also, the, uh, one of the guys from Chic is involved in it wow um so it's a little disco-y or in that mode um which i thought was very strange for a 90 uh what is it 92 is when they were recording this mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. grunge is taking over the world and he's going to work with uh people from chic on this album so i kind of liked that that he would do something like that but i didn't really like the album (laughs) after hearing it all right let's move on to 1995's wonderful um minor hit uh with the title track i actually remember hearing a couple of times on the radio um back back then um and this this album I think the most notable thing about this album is that it is compared to the several albums before it, not overly produced. Um, Mm -hmm. They just like, he chills the fuck out when it comes to the, the production, which, and he also sounds a lot more relaxed. Like he's just kind of like, like, enjoying himself a little bit more, not trying to, to, you know, produce some big commercial hits. You know, this album in general feels a little bit more honest and personal. Um, I, I personally don't connect with it that much, but, but it, I would call it much more relaxed than a typical Adam Ant album. Uh, which is a, a big, big plus in its favor, I think. It's probably the acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a lot more, uh, yeah, less getting away from the disco stuff and going into just rock or, yeah, sure, more easy listening rock, but yeah. So, Rob, what, uh, what song did you pick off of this album? Ah, I picked, uh, well, I picked the one that really grabbed me. Uh, again, you know, you said that this, you, you mention often how you don't have a connection with certain albums. And again, this is, this is how, how I reacted to the album. It's not that I didn't like the album. It's not that I didn't like the songs on the album. It just didn't, as a whole, really click with me. 
But the one song that did click with me was 1969 again. So after that, he he goes a long time without releasing anything um, until uh, 2013, and he releases an album called Adam Ant is the Blue Black Hussar in Marrying the Gunner's Daughter. And so... <laughs> Sorry, I just, I love the title. <laughs> So I, I, I think this title per, perplexes me in the same way that this album perplexes me. Rob knows this about me. Uh, when I'm perplexed about an album, sometimes I come up with these little fantasies about what the story could be or like what it <laughs> suggests to me. And two things, two different possibilities pop into my mind. This is kind of like what it, what it reminds me of or like a story behind it. I'm not suggesting this is true at all, but just what the the sound of this album suggests to me. One of two things. So one scenario is Adamant is just like this eccentric old rock star um, in his, you know, London mansion, wandering around all day in like underwear and a ratty old um, a robe, holding some sort of animal in his hand all the whole time, like maybe a cat or a small dog, but probably more like a ferret. And then a couple of days a week, he invites his cronies over and they go down into his basement where he has a home studio and they get stoned and they just like lay down a couple of tracks. And then the other scenario is he's got all of these songs and he's only got one day in the studio. So he just goes in and they just record like everything in one take. Um, so those are two, <laughs> th this, this sound is suggesting one of those two scenarios. I'm not suggesting, I, I am not implying that I actually think that's the truth, but that's what it sounds like to well, me. Well, at this point he's, at the, well, I don't know, at this point, this was 2013, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, or maybe he's just finally, you know, wanting to 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 have a last hurrah i don't know he's he's still active he has now this is his last album well but actually he still performs well actually uh, supposedly um there is an album called bravest of the brave which um might be released sometime this year 
Um, yeah. There's a tentative release date of 2022, so time is running out. But um, you know, maybe maybe it'll happen, or maybe next year. So, it, but he's he's okay. obviously continues to make music. Yeah, um, yeah. great. So, Rob, the mm -hmm. you you got to uh, do the honors as far as picking the song off of this album. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, this w wasn't uh, you know wasn't one of my favorite albums, but uh, there was a song that definitely stuck out to me, and that is "Cradle Your Hate." You're not me, and I'm not you. I'm sorry. Sorry, I stole away your perfect dream. I'm sorry, only time I did kiss you. I'll, I'll say that I kind of like some of the things that you don't like about this album. Okay. I like, I like the rough, I like the roughness. Yeah. I like the, uh, yeah. I like, I don't mind the haggardness or, um, yeah. As he, he is an older guy and I don't mind hearing what older guys sound like when they're singing. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I enjoy that. Yeah. I, th I think haggard is, is kind of the perfect word for it. And, and to be clear, and I don't blame him for being old. I'm not, I'm not a monster, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I just, when you, when you put an album like this side by side with, um, you know, his earlier stuff, it's, it's a pretty, pretty stark contrast, uh, between the two. So. I, I do also like you picked the song "Cradle Your Hatred." I like the song "Bullshit" on this. Oh yeah, so I kind of I kind of like the angry songs. So yeah, yeah, "Bullshit" is <laughs> a great song nice. too. Yeah, um, so there is there's some good ones here, but yeah, it it is a double LP too yeah. if you get the vinyl. So it was recorded in the, uh, by Morrissey's guitar player Boz Borer. Uh -huh. So it but it was yeah not in an actual studio. And they recorded it over three years, wow. from tw 2009 to 2012. So, wow. which could explain why you you get that. You had one one of your scenarios was that <laughs> them just hanging out together and <laughs> doing some recording whenever they felt like it. A couple songs here and there. <laughs> ferret? Does he have a ferret? <laughs> yeah, that was the other part of the fantasy, right? That's right. This really <laughs> sounds like music created by somebody who owns a ferret. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, that 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 brings us to the end of his his output. Um, up to this point, we will keep our eyes open for um, a future release of "Bravest of the Brave." Well. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for um, for for uh, uh, 
joining us and traveling through um, the windy, curvy, pothole-filled road that is the career of Adam Ant. Um, so much fun, um, and I hope that this is not the last time that we hear from you. Maybe maybe we can get you to join us again sometime. Another favorite band comes up. Maybe you'll you'll join us again. That would be awesome. I'd love to. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. It's yeah. It's fun just hanging out and talking about music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite um, thing to do. Yeah. Before <laughs> before we wrap, Carolyn, can you tell us one more time where we can hear your uh, hear your show? Oh yes, of course. I'm on KXSF which is San Francisco Community Radio. It's 102.5 FM when you're in the Bay Area, or you can listen at kxsf.fm online for live streaming. And then if you want to find out my podcast, um, which is just my radio show recorded, so you can listen to it later, um, you can go to Podomatic. So I'm at Keddy, which is my last name, K-E-D-D-Y, .podomatic.com. Or you can also go to the KXSF archive page, which is kxsf.fm slash carolyn. Cool. Thank you. We have some shows there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to remind everybody that we are taking next month off because it is December, which is the holiday season. Uh, We will release an episode, a bonus episode of some some sort. Um, so keep your eye open for that. And then in January, we'll, we will be back to start wrapping up season three of the podcast. So we will we will start with December 1979. We'll also be taking a look at um, some albums that we either missed or we just don't know what month they were released. So they were released in 79. We just don't know which month. So we're going to uh, kind of do our final wrap up. Uh, and then, of course, that'll put us into the home stretch where we start compiling our best of 1979 lists. Um, and so. That's going to be January, possibly going into February, um, and then the end of season three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Already. (laughs) That's right. So we are going to go out on one last Adam and the Ants song. So I mentioned that when I was in high school, I had a cassette version of Dirk Wears White Socks and... I don't know what some I had some sort of re-release because it had several bonus songs on it. I didn't realize they were bonus songs at the time. And those songs were actually my favorite songs on the album, but we couldn't feature them because they weren't on the original release. So we are going to go out on one of those songs. Oh, There is something I completely forgot to mention, which is there is one more Adam Ant title that we definitely, uh, uh, if if you like, particularly if you like their early, uh, um, the Adam and the Ants early stuff, there is um, 
a compilation album called B-Side Babies, uh, which is really quite good. Uh, I think most of it is um, Adam and the Ants uh, cuts, but there are some solo stuff as well. Uh, surprisingly good for that sort of a compilation. Uh, the the song that we started the show out with, uh, Beat My Guest, is on that. And the song that we're about to go out on called Xerox is on that as well. All right. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for joining us once again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Carolyn. It's been very fun. Thank you for having me. Okay, everybody, we will talk to you sometime soon. See ya.